0: Good morning everybody my name is Alex Barthet and today I will be hosting the webinar the top three avoidable lean release mistakes that you need to know about Ariella is out of town so I'm gonna fly solo here um, so let's get started so on today's agenda we're going to talk about the three mistakes that I see uh, as a board-certified construction lawyer here in Florida That clients make all the time or have the most questions about with respect to releases so mistake number one is using the wrong form mistake number two is not using conditional release language when they need to Uh, and mistake number three using the wrong through date or not understanding the significance of the through date in the release so mistake number one using the wrong form of release Uh, when it comes time to exchange money for a release. So, what form of partial and final waiver of release should you use? Well, it depends primarily on where you are in the chain of contracts. Are you the general contractor? Are you a subcontractor? Are you a sub-sub? The general rule is that you want to give a narrow release, giving away the fewest amount of rights when you get a check. And when you are giving a check to anybody, whether you're the GC giving it to a sub or a sub giving it to a sub sub, you want to get the broadest release that you can possibly get when you hand over that check. So let's look at some forms of releases so you can understand uh, the language that I'm talking about about the distinction between a narrow release and a broad release So let's start with the basics the statutory chapter 713 releases This is the lean statute chapter 713. So let's look at what the forms that exist in the statute say So this is the standard 713 release upon progress payment and it says the undersigned lien or in consideration of the sum of some amount of money this is where you're going to fill in uh, you know if you're expecting a twenty two thousand dollar check you'll write in twenty two thousand dollars there hereby waves and releases its lien and right to claim a lien for labor services or materials furnished through and then it has a through date this is the date that that amount of money represents Um, so if you've done work through the end of the month and that gets you a $22,000 check then you'll put the end of the month in the insert date section and $22,000 in the amount what this release gives away is your lien rights uh, in exchange for a partial payment now let's look at the statutory final payment uh, release form and you'll notice that the language is almost identical it has a little spot for you to put in the amount of money but what's Missing is a through date. It has no date with which this amount of money represents the work you've done and the reason is is because it's effective as of the day You give it so the only date in the document is the day you sign it So if I hand someone a final release it has no through date and I sign it and date it today What I am doing is I'm giving away my lien rights through today Uh, from today back. Uh, It's illegal in the state of Florida, unenforceable, to give away lien rights in advance. So if I am asked to sign a lien release that says I'm giving my lien rights away for work in the future, even if I sign it, that is unenforceable. So if I date it today and it gives away my lien rights through the end of the year, um, anything from today forward is not going to be enforceable. Anything from today back is, anything from today forward is not. So let's look at some other forms of release. Now, you'll notice this form, um, which is a custom form, this is not anything found in the statute, is already very different because it has a lot more words, and more words should start sending up the red flag that wait, something is different here. Um, So let's break down each of the component parts. So the first is that it says $10, and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Notice the rights that it's giving away in this release. So it says that in exchange for some amount of money, you are releasing any and all claims, change orders, works, materials, delays, fees, costs, losses, expenses, damages, or sums, um, which is effectively a broad release. So when I was talking to you before about a narrow release, that would be the statutory releases. All you're giving up are lien rights. You may have other rights, but the rights you're giving up are lien rights. This is a broad form of release. This release form releases everything, uh, effectively any and all rights that you may have. So if you were the party that was giving a check and getting a release, you want a release that has uh, a release of all the rights, right? You wanna know that if I'm the general contractor and I hand my sub a check for $50,000 and they give me a release, I wanna know that that sub is not gonna come back uh, because the job went long, and submit a claim for extended general conditions. Um, And the way you do that is by getting a broad form release. The same is true if I'm a sub with my sub-subs, but the converse is also true. If I have uh, claims against the contractor, uh, I wanna make sure that when I get the check, if I'm trying to preserve those rights, I'm not giving them away in my release. So this is the type of language you need to be aware of when you exchange a uh, release for a check. Let's look at some of the other parts of this. It has a through date as well. Um, So just like before, the amount of money and the through date have to match, and we're gonna talk about that later. Um, It also has some language there at the bottom about certain representations and warranties about people being paid and the work being done. Again, those are additional representations that Uh, if I am a contractor I would like my sub to make to me that he's paid all his bills but the same is true um, in reverse right so if I am signing this release and I haven't paid all my bills then I have to be careful about representing that I have um, when the release has language like this we generally find that most um, sophisticated contractors and and most contractors are pretty sophisticated these days are going to have broad releases like this that they're going to expect their subs to sign so you need to be aware of that when you exchange your release for the check so if you agree to a form of release in your contract um, or your contract with the contractor says something like you agree it doesn't have the exhibit the release is an exhibit but it says that the form Uh, is that you you agree to provide a form that's acceptable to the contractor then you may be bound to that form so when you negotiate your contract with the contractor or if you're a sub sub and you're negotiating with the subcontractor you need to make sure that you look at those exhibits what form of release is the contractor expecting you to sign and turn in with every pay request if you have an issue with it you need to deal with it at the time that you sign the contract. Don't wait until you've signed the contract, agree to a form, and then want to object to it later. That's much, much harder to do. So that's mistake number one. Let's talk about mistake number two. Not using conditional language in your release when you are exchanging a release for a check. So how do you make a release conditioned upon actually getting the money? So let's explain what a conditional release is so everyone's on the same page. If I give you a release today um, and it says that uh, I've been paid and I haven't been paid and that release goes from me as the, let's take an example, I am the sub-subcontractor. That goes to the subcontractor who then hands it to the contractor who then hands it to the owner and it's not conditioned on me actually getting the money it it represents that I actually have been paid and then the owner hands a check now now the owner is handed a a pack of releases um, from the contractor the contractors release the subs uh, the sub subs your release and the owner writes a check to the contractor and then the contractor pays the sub and the sub never pays you and you say okay well I haven't been paid I'm gonna put a lien on the property and the owner once they get the lien says what are you talking about i have your release and you say well i haven't been paid and the owner says well it doesn't matter because i relied on this release that was given to me and it's not conditional Um, if that were to occur you would have no lien rights and the reason you'd have no lien rights is as between you an innocent party and the owner also an innocent party the courts have dealt with this issue and they have determined that as between the two of you the owner is going to win and you are going to lose so, what does this mean? This means that you need to make sure that if you are not getting a check at the time you're giving your release, then you need to make sure that your release is conditional. How do you do that? You can add language to make it conditional. So, here is sample language that says that. Notwithstanding anything to the contrary, this waiver and release is conditioned upon and not effective until the undersigned receives paid funds of, and it has a blank. So, if you're expecting a $25,000 check, You're going to write in $25,000 along with this sentence you can go ahead and write that in by hand you can type it in Um, we have some clients that have made a little stamp you know you can get a stamp for 10 15 bucks and it says this and then when they want to make the release conditional they stamp it so that's how you're going to make your release conditional so here are some things that you need to be aware of watch out for releases that are titled as conditional meaning that the document says conditional release, but when you read it, it's actually not conditional. It doesn't have that express conditional language that I had from the the prior slide. You need to indicate the amount of money to satisfy the condition. Uh, So if you're expecting a $25,000 check, it it has to say that it's expressly conditioned on the $25,000 that uh, you will receive. As a general contractor, if you uh, get a conditional release from your sub subcontractors, right? So if I'm the GC and I hire the plumber, and the plumber has a supply house that furnishes the materials, and the, the supply house hasn't been paid yet, so they give a conditional release to the plumber, who then gives that release and his release to you. If I'm the GC and I give a condition and I get a conditional release from someone that I'm not actually paying, then you have to be careful because if you pay the plumber and the plumber doesn't pay the supply house, this release that I received as the GC from the supply house, that's conditional is now no good because they never got the money. So to the extent that you have to, you are the GC handing out checks, getting releases, you need to deal with that by either telling the sub, nope, I need that supply house to provide an unconditional release or You need to issue a joint check. Um, So, if you get a conditional release, then you don't pay the plumber directly. You pay the plumber, you pay the supply house with a joint check. So, a joint check is a check payable to two parties. So, it'll say uh, ABC Plumbing Inc., and it'll say the word and, not a slash, and you're not going to just stack the names. It has to say and, and uh, XYZ Plumbing Supply House. And then one party will endorse it the other party will endorse it and pick it up. Now you know that the condition of the conditional release has been satisfied. So if you have any doubt that uh, someone's gonna satisfy the condition on a conditional release, then you need to issue a joint check. So that's mistake number two. Mistake number three, using the wrong through date. Let's talk about the through date and why it's important. Um, What through date should you use Um, And what if the through date and the payment don't match? So you need to remember that the through date is the effective date of the release. Now, every release is a little different um, and it may have the through date written in, in different places and in slightly different ways. The through date, assuming it's a true through date, is the date that the release is effective up to. So I may sign a release today for work that I did through the end of January. Um, So the through date would be the last day in January. The most important thing you need to remember is that the through date will control over the payment amount. So let me give you an example. So let's assume that I'm a subcontractor on a job and I submit a pay application for $100,000. Then I show up to pick up the, uh, the check, and there's only a $75,000 check. Uh, and I say, wait a second, I'm supposed to get $100,000. So I say, well, it doesn't matter because I submitted my payout for $100,000. I'll go ahead and sign this release through the end of January, um, and I just know that it's a it's more money that's owed to me. Here's the problem. If you pick up a check, especially a, a, a a check that's a reduced amount and your releases for that payment has a through date later than the date than you're actually been paid then you have a problem you need to make sure that the through date and the payment match so for example in my example if you're expecting hundred thousand dollars and it gets you to the end of the month but they're only paying you 75 dollars then you need to change the through date to whatever matches the 75. Maybe that's the 13th of the month, maybe it's the 28th of the month. It depends on the situation and that month and the work you did and the materials you supplied. What you have to make sure of is that they match. Whatever the amount of money is that you're getting has to be representative of the through date in the document. And if they don't, then you have to change them to match. Okay, so let's talk about a bonus tip. Why does the release say $10? This is a question I get all the time. Um, You know, you're picking up a check for $20,000, but the release says $10. So let's talk about it. There are typically two very common reasons why a contractor may demand a $10 release. Um, And the two most common are, number one, you have given a notice to owner on this job but during the period in question you are not owed any money so let's assume that i'm a subcontractor on a project i have issued a notice to owner but i'm not actually going to start work for another three months so the end of the first month comes and the gc says i need a ten dollar release and you're thinking well i haven't done any work they are doing it correctly the the law requires that once you issue that notice to owner then the then the contractor and the owner need to get a release from everyone that issued a notice to owner, whether or not they did any work that period. And if you haven't done any work that period, it is common that the amount of money recited in the release is gonna say $10. So that's the first very common and legitimate reason. The second is that the contractor may have hard bid a job. So, they, so the contractor says to the owner, I'll do this job for a million dollars. But now the contractor doesn't want the owner to know wha- exactly the amount of money that they that the contractor is paying to all the subs and suppliers. So they want to only hand the owner $10 releases so that the owner doesn't go through and say, well, the plumber, this release is $22,000, this uh, supplier says $94,000, and they go through and they add up the amount and they realize, wait a second, I've paid this contractor too much money. Um, So sometimes contractors want to shield how much uh, information is given to the owner. That is another common reason why contractors want to get from you a $10 release. When that is the case, what you as the sub should do is you should say, okay, I'm expecting a $50,000 check. I will give you a release and it should say 50,000 on it. Once that check clears, then I'll give you a release that says $10 and you can hand that to the owner but um the general rule is come on the 10 dollar releases are valid if you receive any amount of money um no matter what even by the way that that the the consideration that you receive I should say it's any any amount of consideration even if that consideration is not exclusively money maybe you gave up other rights you um you don't always have to get money um, in exchange for a release for that release to be valid if you're the one getting the cash and giving a release you should always try to include in the release the amount of money so if I'm expecting a $25,000 check the preference would be that if it says $10 you strike it out and you write 25,000 and the reason this is important is that if someone does try to short you on your payment at least you have some ability to argue that you were expecting a $25,000 check even, uh, and and you got a $20,000 check, well then maybe this release isn't fully valid because you didn't get all the consideration you were expecting. So if you're getting a check and giving a release, you should try to strike out $10 and put in the amount. If you're giving money uh to somebody and getting a, re- a release, Uh, it's always better to try to get that release to say $10 because then you don't have to worry about someone coming back saying, well, I gave you this release uh, and I was expecting $25,000 and you only gave me $20. Those arguments go away when the release says $10. And of course, you cannot make a release conditioned on $10. So if you're going to have a conditional release, it has to be conditioned on actually the amount of money that you're expecting during that period of time. If you are interested in learning more about uh, construction law, we have a weekly podcast that uh, we publish at our website called The Lean Zone. So if you go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, you can do a search for The Lean Zone, T-H-E-L-I-E-N-Z-O-N-E, all together, and you'll find our podcast comes out every week. We've been doing it now for more than two years. Very short uh, podcast, generally between 3 and 10 minutes long. Occasionally, we'll have a longer one. And we typically deal with a topic uh, about releases, liens, bonds, collections, contracts, uh, to to help you better navigate the issues you are dealing with um, uh, to see if you uh, – to better improve your processes.